Hi, welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradless, and this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies where we spend just a few minutes together in God's Word, letting it activate our minds, touch our hearts, and starting to transform our souls. We are continuing our journey through the book of 1 Peter, and we find ourselves today in 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, what you're going to see at the beginning of this is, is a transition from the topic in chapter 3 of suffering and moving on into, yes, we will suffer, but that there's a focus and a mindset that you and I need to have. And there's also the reality that because we are new creations in Christ, that we are going to be living and looking differently than the world. And included in that concept of the world is, is us, our old selves. We have to look different than we used to look. So let's jump in, 1 Peter chapter 4, and let's look at what God has to say to us through this beautiful passage. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And, and so the first focus we get there is, we have got to be prepared for suffering, right? Christ suffered for us. He did that for ourselves. We have to be mindful that just as he suffered for his work in the part of the will of God, you and I may suffer in our part of doing the will of God. We cannot pursue comfort, we cannot pursue ease, and we cannot look at persecution or pain or tribulation or difficulties as a sign of things going wrong. We should just see that as something that we need to be prepared to face in this world. Tough times will come for Christians. Second, we need to acknowledge that we are no longer fleshly, and so we are ceasing from a life of sin. Now, this doesn't mean that you and I are perfect. It doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes and sometimes even huge mistakes. But what it means is the overall trajectory of our lives has changed. Instead of being pursuing or being consumed by the pursuit of the desires of our flesh and being consumed by chasing after the things that the world is about, that is gone. And the trajectory of our lives, the pattern of our lives, the trend of our lives is that we are chasing after God and we are chasing after the accomplishment of his will. That has to become our focus. And, and so look at what Peter says here. He says that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And, and so this is a key thing for all Christians to understand. Because there, there's two pieces to it. There's the ceasing of sin, and then there's the pursuit of God's will. And I think a lot of Christians today, and a lot of sermons you hear preached, focus a lot on the ceasing of sin. And so you see this trend where it's almost like modern Christianity is consumed with behavior modifications of, hey, these are wrong and bad things, don't do these, stop. And that's part of it. But if you don't understand why you're doing that, and if you don't fill your life with the other side of the coin, then you're just going to find emptiness. You're just going to find hunger. You're just going to find yourself longing for more. And so the key is that we, we push off sin and we stop doing that. But we replace that with what? The pursuit of God's will. As believers, we no longer are motivated by my will. We're motivated by his will. And what we don't do is wake up every morning and go, hey, God, here's my plan. Please support this. Please bless this. No, we wake up in the morning and we go, forget my plan. God, what is your will? God, what do you want? God, what would you like me to do? And I'm going to give everything I have to 
pursuing your will. So that's the big distinction that Peter's making at the beginning here. And then he says, because this has happened, right? Because the flesh is pushed off and we're replacing it with the pursuit of God's will. There's some things that we see that change. And he says, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries, in regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dispensation, speaking evil of you. And, and so a couple key points there. When he breaks down these activities, and he says these things are no longer appropriate for you as a child of God. But, but second key point, there's an acknowledgement the people of God used to do those things. Now, why is that important? It's important to keep us humble, and it's important to make sure that we don't ever think that there are these ugly, terrible, bad sinners, and then there's great people like us. No, there are sinners, which include us, and then there's Jesus, right? That's the distinction, right? There is the perfect Trinity that has no fault and no sin, and then there's us. And only through the relationship we have with Jesus Christ can we be brought from this darkness and lifted up into a relationship with him. But what we should never forget is that as dark as the world around us may get, we used to be part of that darkness. We have to keep that humility. We have to keep that love that says, yes, what you do is wrong, but I'm not better than you. God was better than I am, and God saved me, and just like he saved me, he can save you. But never should we walk around with the arrogance that suggests that we are superior to everybody else. We are not. We are broken. We, we, we are diseased. We, we are just as put out as anybody else until the moment that Jesus Christ came and saved us. And it is only that action that he did that has washed us clean, that has led to us being adopted into the family, that has poured the righteousness upon us. It is what he did, not us. And so we've got to keep that spirit in mind. But just as we have that love and humility, we also still acknowledge all these things are wrong. These things are wrong and we can't be part of them. And I, and I love this, this description that Peter gives, right? It's this flood, right? He says, this flood of people, and you get this picture of like, the culture of the world and people who are caught it just rolling downhill towards greater darkness and greatest sin. And as they're passing, they see you going up the hill and they find that so strange. And I think that's important for you and I. We need to be weird. We need to be strange. Not, not in a creepy way, but in the way that people look at us and go, you don't live like I do. You don't care about the things that I care about. You you, you, you seem to be living above this world, like there's something else you're chasing. People need to see that in us. If, if we live in such a way that we just blend right in with everybody else who's chasing after money and popularity and fame and worldly possessions, then, then something's off, something's wrong. You need to be strange. You need to be strange that the people who are, are just going with the flow stop and see you and go, wait, what's going on over there? Why isn't that person just rolling downhill like us? Why, why is that person going the other way? It's that strangeness, it's that weirdness that makes people go, hey, well, talk to me about that. And that's what leads us to a great place where we go, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you why I'm going this way and not this way. It's because of this unbelievable person I've met, Jesus Christ. 
That's what we want to start to be, see become the trademark of our lives is that we stand out, right? We're holy, we're separate from everything else in the world. We're going a different direction. Why? Because of what Jesus has done for us. And we should understand that when this happens to us and we start that different tra trajectory, we might get pushback from people. We might see friends fall away. We might see some of the people that we used to hang out with go, hey, you can't be around us anymore, right? He says, not only will they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dispensation, but they're speaking evil of you, right? They, they, they will go, you must be wrong. You must be evil. But he reminds us, don't be caught up in what this world says of you. They will give an account to him, that's God, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And, and so he's giving us that reminder, right? You're going to suffer. That's okay. Christ suffered. You suffer for a great purpose. In this suffering, you need to live and look differently. And there will be trials and tribulations and pushback from people because of that. But don't lose sight of what the judgment of the world is. Keep your focus on the judgment of the earth. Or I'm sorry, of the kingdom of heaven. Keep, keep your eyes on what God is going to say. And know that in time, all the injustice you see, God will make it right one day. God will make it right. And he says, For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. And so that's why he's saying that we have this duty to go out to those who are spiritually dead, and we have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to show through our lives that we are changed by what God has done, We've got to share that gospel with other people. And we've got to be ready that because we're living this way and we're speaking this way, things might get tough. But we will have the strength that comes from the power of God's might fueling us and moving us forward. And so, brothers and sisters, that's my, my prayer for you today. My prayer for you today is that you're strange. You're strange because you're not chasing after everything that the world is screaming that you need to go after. I hope that you're strange because there's a holiness in you and there's a desire in you to accomplish the will of God and that is leading you in a completely different way than everyone else. And my prayer is that because of that path you're on, that yes, there will be tough times, but God will give you the strength. But most importantly, there will be people who go, talk to me. Why are you going that way? And when that happens, you will have a wonderful opportunity to go, well, because that way leads to him the most amazing person you've ever met, my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. We'll be back tomorrow to continue our journey through the book of 1 Peter. I hope that God blesses you. I hope that God uses you, and we will see you soon. Bye.